guys, welcome to Rankin Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? It's going pretty good. I introduced uh, some friends of mine to Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. And uh, they liked it so much, we played on Saturday, and then we played mm-hmm. again on Monday, and we're playing again on Friday. Oh man, that's what you hope for, isn't it? Right? It feels very good when you say, hey, here's the thing, you can borrow my copy of the book, and then they're so into it, uh, they run out and buy their own copy, and they run out and buy like five sets of 20-sided dice, and then they buy spell cards, and they buy modules, and they buy everything, and you're like, oh, Oh, man, you're really into this thing I introduced you to. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) See, this is, this is, uh, Quincy, this is how I felt when you got into professional wrestling. <laughs> like, like when you were, cause I knew that the moment you were finding rad, uh, rare t-shirts featuring wrestlers like super leather, like I, I was, <laughs> I was so happy in my heart that you had like seen wrestling and gone, oh, this is the fucking greatest and gotten into it as big as you did. So can we talk about how Stash Pages currently has a super leather, uh, apron? We can certainly talk about that. Is is the apron... Describe the apron to me. It's got a picture of super leather on it. <laughs> and it's like a <laughs> cookout apron. And and it's just a picture of... Yeah, no, honestly, that's great because it's like, wait a minute. Why should super leather be on a, a shirt and not an apron? Like, why is that where we draw the line? I think we should have more professional wrestling aprons. You know what it is, though? Uh, have, you, have you seen that uh, t-shirt for uh, the uh, Acolyte Protection Agency from back in the day that just says, Always Pounding Ass Bar and Grill? <laughs> um... So I, I desperately just want an apron with Always Pounding Ass Bar and Grill on it. And not even just actually in comic sounds like not even in the APA cool guy uh diamond plate font. So speaking of wrestling, uh, Cobra Clutch Zine released a wrestling log and it's like a put it together yourself zine and it's just page after page of lined paper that says blank versus blank how many hearts do I give it? What is the stipulations of the match? What date did it occur? Who did I watch this with? And Fuck. I've been fastidiously diarying, journaling every time I watch wrestling now. That sounds outstanding. Like, yeah. this is, yeah, I feel like if you're adding that level of documentation to the experience. It kind of makes me a little bummed out, though, because most of the who are you watching it with is like, let's be honest, I'm alone, it's <laughs> 11 o'clock at night, and I am watching this on my cell phone, huddled in a corner. <laughs> I am watching this with only my socks on, eating Hormel chili from the can uh, in, <laughs> in my bare apartment with one naked light bulb hanging from the ceiling. Uh, that's that's how I'm consuming my wrestling. Hey, can we God talk intended. about how one of the common things in Unsolved Mystery are the, like, lost heirs? And in an episode, they oh, said... Man. So I've been watching a lot of Unsolved Mysteries lately. <laughs> like, yeah. an untenable amount. <laughs> One of the things was this guy was so much of a a thrift spend that he put a can of chili on the eye of the stove when he left for work 
unopened with the hot iron. <laughs> and when he got home, he cut the lid open because it was warm enough to eat. And he would eat half of it for lunch and then put it back on the stove and come home and eat the other half for dinner. And that's why God he's a damn. bajillionaire and all Robert Stack wants to do is find his true heir. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a thing that my my shitty stepdad was always about, was like, you know, billionaires don't buy new baby clothes when they have a baby. They just get them used, and that's why they're billionaires and inherently better than us. (laughs) Or maybe they are part of a system where they were born into it and everything is unfair. Maybe their their windfall savings from not buying baby clothes is the reason they can buy Belgium. That's a great... (laughs) Yeah, logical progression. Honestly, um, now with Unsolved Mysteries, I... Have you seen... All right, so obviously it's become a meme uh, because of uh, Twitter and because Jonathan Frakes is a national treasure. Uh, But of course, you've seen the meme of just like super cuts of Jonathan Frakes on Beyond Belief being like, how could a plane fly itself? Where did the chef get the gun? Like just him rapid fire asking questions. Um, I tried getting uh, my household to watch Unsolved Mysteries with me because I love it, because I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Uh, but the, the the first episode we tried to watch uh, was it featured a haunted gun. <laughs> of course and, it's a haunted gun. Yeah, well, and it was, it was this lady who, uh, you know, it's like this married couple, and the lady's father, who was like a real, you know, a real protector, you know, he died and... Um, was like, you know, you need you need to buy a gun because there's been a series of break-ins uh, in your neighborhood recently and people have been getting their TV stolen and that's why you should commit murder. And she's like, yeah, that checks out. So she buys a gun and um, it is heavily implied that the gun is haunted by the spirit of her dead father. So he's just hanging out in a gun as he always wanted to, I guess. I really uh, like how... Um... Unsolved Mysteries just leans so into plausible deniability. They're like, we're not saying it's haunted, but we're not <laughs> not saying it's haunted. Well, because you've got Jonathan, you've got the sparkly, uh, winky eyes of Jonathan Frakes looking at you going, maybe it was a haunted gun. And you're <laughs> like, oh, Jonathan Frakes, I would marry you. Um, and, and the lady in the episode, uh, you know, she it's the middle of the night and she hears a rustling in her living room. So, you know, she gets all spooked and gets the gun and uh, uh, goes out onto the stairwell ready to shoot wildly in the dark at whatever just made a sound in the dark. But she, you know, she realizes that it was her son and she, uh, you know, coming home and like just trying to get into the house and uh, she drops the gun and it hits the stairs on the way down. And with every step on the way down the stairs, it shoots off around killing on the other side of the house, the burglar who was trying to get into the house. Um, and that was when Christina was just like, I'm out, man. I can't fucking do it. <laughs> like, this is, it's, t- it's too much. I can't watch Beyond Belief. So, you know, I'll, 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 I'll wait a year before being like, hey, do you, do you guys, you guys want to, you, you want to watch Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction? Uh, um, which, yeah, that fucking thing. Although, honestly, um, going back to the thing you were talking about with getting people you love into the things you love. Um, Christina has gotten super into uh, board games and tabletop games lately. Uh, so we have been playing uh, Space Realms and oh, Magic man. the Gathering like a lot. And it's fucking great because like Magic is a game that I've been playing since I was knee high to a duck's ass. And 
watching somebody else get into a thing that you just sort of take for granted, it's, I don't know, it's really, really lovely. Star Realms might be a perfect game. Star Realms is wonderful. I it's and, and it's one of those games that you know. All right, so a, a, a dynamic that I really like about Star Realms, you really can make a comeback. Like you can do the babyface comeback sequence and win. Maybe um, I, there are certain games that I don't really care for, like Machi Koro and Monopoly, and like where you know once you start winning, you just keep winning. Yeah, yeah, and that's a game that I've Machi Koro especially is a game where. Um, Emily, when she plays, will buy all of the cheese factories. And I'm like, well, game's over. Yep. Yep. It's like, we're we're 20 minutes in and I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's a frustrating thing. It's like, you know, when, with Monopoly that it was meant to be an indictment of capitalism and a way to illustrate how landlords are corrupt. And then it, people took exactly the wrong message from it. And it's it's wild to me when people are like, oh, I love Monopoly. I'm like, mm mm, you don't really love Monopoly. <laughs> no, no, Monopoly's a bad game and it's not fun. Like, it's just not it's not good. Which I love that now it's like sort of Star Wars Monopoly and and sort of just infinite variations on capitalism being a fucking nightmare dimension. Yeah, I tried to get into Monopoly with Star Wars Monopoly, and I literally left it at a person's house. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to play this anymore, and just like left it on the table. <laughs> when I and when I went home that night, they're like, "You're forgetting your game." No, I'm not. <laughs> it's no, yours no it's, now. I'll tell you what. It's you've like left it in swaddling clothes on their porch. Like, I guess you're the owner <laughs> of Star Wars Monopoly now. No, sorry, like, it's at the least monkey's got, like, little... paw. You have to play it, and when you are done, <laughs> you have to leave it with someone else. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like that episode of the Twilight Zone reboot from the 80s, where it's like, uh, you know, the guy knocks on your door, and he's like, you know, I'm going to give you this button, and if you push it, somebody you don't know will die, but you will get a million dollars. And then, you know, they, they dither about it, and then push the button, and then the guy comes back to collect it, and they're like who are you going to give the button to now? And he's like, oh, we're going to take it and give it to somebody that you don't know. What? And it's like heavily implied that they're going to die. I don't know. It's it's like that, but with pewter figurines of Darth Maul. Um, so, so anyway, what's your so going favorite in, faction in Star Realms? Uh, easily the uh, the machine cult. Really? I Yeah, I like the machine cult because they're so fucking extra. Because you've got cards like the junkyard where it's like, you know, you play it, and it's a it's a really good outpost, and it'll protect you. But also, it's like you must scrap one card, <laughs> and the flavor text on it is like the machine cult's first commandment: you must never waste tech. And it's like, all right, you fucking weirdos. I guess I'll scrap one of my scouts to maintain a junkyard. Jesus. My favorite are you? the blob because oh, yeah. the, the flavor of that is we found this alien race and we opened up their cockpits and we're just like, (laughs) no, yeah, it's great. Like the ships are just like a giant meatball in space that you can, you can like yeet at your opponent. Yeah. Here's a meatball. Here's a whale that vomits smaller whales. Here's a weird, uh, phallic (laughs) ship. Uh, I win the game. Yeah, it, yeah, yeet ball, I think. Like, it's just uncomfortably (laughs) organic and squishy and, like, phlegmatic and... Although, wait, phlegmatic applies to personality and not phlegm, I think. I mean... But also phlegm. 
So, by the way, if anyone listening to this podcast has not played Star Realms, it is the best. I think it's one of the best two-player card games on the market. I like it more than Magic because it is not a um, CCG. You buy a deck and you have all the cards you ever need to play it. Yeah, and honestly, deck building games, I haven't gotten into legendary uh, deck building games. They've got, like, legendary features Alien, where it's basically Star Realms, but you get to fucking throw Xenomorphs at people. Uh, but yeah, Star Realms apparently was made by two, like, former Magic the Gathering champions. Yeah, yeah, they who... also have a game called Epic that I want to play, but I haven't had a chance to get my hands on. Hell yeah. So, really what we learn here... Now, alright, so, you know how I'm, uh, I, I, my, my living situation and, like, relationship status is, like, closed poly relationship, but also we play a lot of board games? I've realized that there is no poly situation that will not eventually turn into a board game situation. (laughs) Will it happen? It has to happen. Like, it's the three of you sort of sitting around and you can, it's like, you can only watch RuPaul's Drag Race so many times together before you're like, what if we faced each other and hung out, like, as people? And so it, yeah, it's it's like uh, Chris Fleming has a video about uh, polyamorous people, and then the ending of it is a side note, board game couples give off an even more menacing vibe than poly couples. (laughs) And it's, yeah, yeah. You either you either die uh, a poly uh, a poly triad, or you live to see yourself become a board game triad. <laughs> so that's let's yeah, talk from, more about mistakes. unsolved mysteries. <laughs> yeah. So for this week, so obviously it is that most blessed of months. It is goddamned October, uh, October seventeenth at the time of this recording. Halloween is on the fucking horizon, and so naturally, as as we do all year, our thoughts are on Halloween. And we decided to jump into an episode of Unsolved Mysteries that was, I think, meant to be Halloween-centric. It aired on October 31st. Yes. And God Robert Stacks looks at the camera and says, on the special Halloween episode. <laughs> so this Man, aired October yeah. 31st, 1990. Yeah, and so you've got the dulcet tones of Robert Stack. Cause, and, and now... Here's the thing. So obviously, Robert Tech is the one who bookends the thing. Uh, he's the, he's the host of the show. That sort of my favorite thing about him is that he. I feel like he's the platonic ideal of this kind of show host. Where at the beginning of the thing, he is just ever more advancing slowly upon you, the viewer, in like a library or something in a trench coat, where he's just like, so yeah, maybe there was a ghost on a beach, and he's just got a cool story that he wants to tell you, but he's gonna like menace you while advancing slowly. So. Let's talk about local hero Ghosts on the Beach. The gray, it's like the gray man. <laughs> yeah, the gray man. So it starts off with the story about uh, there. There's kind of uh, uh, a weeping woman left on a windswept crag. When is my gray man going to return from the sea? Sort of thing where a lady dies and there's a guy who also dies, but he still wanders the beach looking for his lost ocean bride. Yeah, and then you fast forward to 1990, and you get who's functionally my grandparents walking around, and they're like, we don't believe in ghosts, but then a hurricane hit our island, and our house was completely fine, and we know it's because of the ghost. Yeah, which they make a pretty wild, I mean, like, you know, far be it from me to, because I think, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, ghost stories, and lots of people I know have ghost stories, but... 
They jump awful quick from, like, yeah, I guess our house was okay, to, mm, definitely the beach ghost saved us. I also like that the beach ghost saved them because they're cordial. Because this man who looks like Grandpa (laughs) says, Mm -hmm. good day, isn't it? And the ghost is like, this guy's all right. I'm going to protect his house from Mother Nature. Yeah, Peepaw's a real one, so he's the one who's going to be like, how's it going to the ghost? And the ghost is like, I will protect your family from the weather. And so this was what, Hurricane Hugo, and it was just sort of a lot of footage of houses getting fucked to the ground by Hurricane Hugo. And um, now the thing that I've realized about uh, Unsolved Mysteries... Everybody, so they they interview this couple. Do you think that this was a legit like a shoot old couple that this happened to, or were these both actors? Okay, that... here's why it's a shoot old couple because they were mm-hmm. also in the re- reenactment played by a different old couple. And it oh, took me shit. several thought... inter. It took me several times to recognize that they were two separate couples than the actors and the real people. <laughs> See, because I thought for sure that they had taken this actual old couple and just been like, all right, fucker, get out there on the beach and have the guy go, how's it going to a, an imaginary ghost or like to an actor in a ghost costume? Um, <laughs> so, all right, all right. That's, see, th- that would have been amazing, actually, if it had been like, so you know that uh, time a ghost saved your house from Hurricane Hugo? What if you, prote- what if you like LARPed it for us while we turn on cameras <laughs> and watch you do it? Please, um, please, Lord. It's incredible. It. How do you think people on all of these uh, Rescue 911 Unsolved Mystery shows feel when the actor is significantly less attractive or greatly uh, more attractive than they are? See, this is this is what I was thinking is is that the the old couple should have played themselves because there's no way that works out well, right? Like either if an actor plays you in a reenactment of your ghost adventure, you're either thinking, "Oh man, they look way better than me. I look like a I look like a sack of shit." Or you look at them thinking like, "That's who they got? Really? Like they got the sack of shit to play me?" <laughs> Like, there's there's no way that works out in an ego-flattering way, I feel like. And yet, I'm sitting here going, I cannot tell them apart. They're just old people. <laughs> Which, now yeah, I'm really I'm... worried that says something deeply about me. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I also, maybe that's what it is, is that, like, for old, and maybe for, like, old Southern couples specifically, I feel like I've seen so many old Southern couples that my brain just lumps them together with a big ice cream scoop into a protoplasmic mass of old person that my brain doesn't... I've got, like, face blindness or something. My dude, I went to the Southern Festival of Books, and everyone there, like, people just drive up from Mississippi, and they're there use, with their with their accents. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that accent was. <laughs> Ryan, there was a Tennessee cobbler food truck that just served various flavored cobblers. Wow. I Is Tennessee cobbler a specific thing, or is it just like, this is taking place in Tennessee and we've just got so much fucking cobbler, so eat up. I think it's just, you know, I think the, the market in Nashville for food trucks is so crowded mm-hmm. that they're just like, Tennessee Cobbler Company, we're good. What do you sell, you know what it, cobbler? 
See, Cobbler is just lazy man's pie. Do you sell pie? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. Cobbler is just pie without a crust, right? Like, it's you've got the top layer and the fruit layer, and that is fucking it. Yeah, no bottom, no crust. Yeah. Which is, like, the best part. So why would you Yeah, that's that's my favorite part of the pie. So why would, yeah, why are we eating Cobbler? Um, Jesus. Yeah, the Southern Festival of Books. (laughs) I think I went one year, and yeah, it is, yeah. It's very good, but it's also very indulgent in its, like, old white southernness it's getting better though yeah it's actually um a lot more diverse than it used to be you know what it feels very much like or felt very much like to me at the time that i went i think i went in like 2010 um and there it's the feeling uh it's like an event equivalent of when you would go to your southern grandparents house as a kid and read their janet ivanovich novels (laughs) <laughs> and like you just you, you find them sort of like tucked up on the thing and you're like hot six all right and you just like sort of read it because it's there and it's like that but it's a festival which you know you could do worse so uh while i was there i was trying to do some podcast networking because i am a true ghoul absolutely um no representation of horror at all at a Southern Book Festival. <laughs> They're like, sir, this Aww. is a Southern Book Festival. This is classy. Why are you trying to talk about your movie podcast? And <laughs> no um, movies, please, I was even mean. trying to find like a horror publisher, and I mm-hmm. went up to a table that was shilling sci-fi books, mm-hmm. and they're like, no, we don't have any horror at this uh, table, sir. Please please move along. You're frightening our children. Yeah, we don't serve your kind here. Yeah, it's 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 immediately just sort of like, it's like Moss Eisley, but square. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, all right. So, so the next bit on Unsolved Mysteries, um, the, it's, all right. So it starts out with uh, a reenactment of like, there's a dude in a truck driving down the road uh, 50 miles outside of Tucson, Arizona. It is Halloween 1980-something. And the guy's like, hey, do you want to ride? And you've got this like, Sort of, you know the uh, the jock, the main jock from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not 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 Booger. Booger is a different one, or not Booger. Excuse me, uh, uh, Ogre. Not Ogre, but the the sort of symmetrical features guy. Um, yeah. And that's who's like walking down the road with a walking stick, and the guy's like, "No, I'm hunting for the beast." And the guy in the truck is like, "Wait, what?" And the guy's like, "Okay, bye," and he just like wanders off with his stick. Um. And it goes into, uh, so apparently the guy with the stick uh, disappeared mysteriously uh, in the to, uh, Arizona desert. Now, what do you think probably happened? I think he did a bunch of drugs and then died in a ditch. Like, I think he, I think he was I also am worried that he did a bunch of drugs and died in the desert. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that guy was just rolling and got really dehydrated, lied down for a nap, and then didn't get back up again because it was in the desert. But the way that uh, Unsolved Mysteries uh, uh, sort of frames it is that uh, this guy, uh, David, um, you know, they, they interview his uh, his mom and dad, and they're like, you know, uh, he, was a, uh, he was a real sweetheart. He was great. He was our beautiful baby boy. Uh, but he had uh, a very type A personality. You know, you just put a football uniform on him and he just like pulls out a gun out of nowhere. Um, and he uh, it does a reenactment of him at a party and there's a dude just sort of hanging out with a golf golf club. And the actor playing David is like, hey, what the fuck, man? And just starts shoving the guy um, and just like beats the shit out of this guy at a party. And everyone's like, wow, David's a fucking psychopath. So David 
um, who the narrative also tells us has gotten into New Age philosophy. Yeah, I love that they're like, you know, a New Age philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that in 1990, they are not, like, actually going into specific things. They're just like, you know, know, New Agers, they get into stuff like pyramids and crystals and Nag Champa incense and... Astral projection. And so it, it just sort of, yeah, all, all New Age is the same thing. And so they, they sort of like, you know, David uh, got interested in New Age philosophy. And now there's a bit in here that I love, which is um, in the voice of Robert Stack, New Agers, and yeah, the dulcet, velvet, buttery tones of Robert Stack. New Agers like to go on what they call a vision quest. And so it cuts <laughs> to fucking David out in the desert talking to the fucking coyote from The Simpsons. Basically, I was about to ask, like, can anyone think of Vision Quest without The Simpsons these days? Oh, certainly not. After Homer gets all hopped up on uh, Guatemalan Insanity Peppers and then talks to Johnny Cash the Coyote. It's, yeah, just immediately. And so, um, what what exactly happens with David? Like, he just sort of disappears. He just wanders he... off in the horizon. And they're like, is it aliens? Is it ghosts? It's Halloween. I don't know. Uh, here's a psychic. <laughs> Yeah, aliens love Halloween, famously. Like it's in it's in Arizona and he disappeared. Oh, wait, did they did they find the body? No, that's why it's an unsolved mystery. Okay, all right. I didn't know if he just like wandered into a ditch and died and then they were like, "Who who who is responsible for this corpse?" And it's like, I don't know, probably the guy who fucking shot like shotgunned ayahuasca and died of dehydration. I don't know. And then finally you have Katie the psychic who stuff comes out of her body, like gold and jewels and shit. And they're like, all of these experts are like, it's close-up magic. It's sleight of hand. And they're like, no, she's a psychic. And I'm sitting in the living room going, I think it's living room going, I think it's sleight of hand. And they're like, no, it's up close. Uh, it's, It's psychic powers. And I'm like, I've never heard of a psychic that cries diamonds, but I've seen a magician before. So yeah, yeah. So wait, is the idea here that the the crystals? So obviously, this lady, what she's just got like, uh, her neck looks like she's been panning for gold with her face. Yeah, uh, she, she she like sweats gold and cries diamonds. And right. what I also want to know is, is she spending all of her money on dolphin t-shirts? Because that's the <laughs> only thing I'm seeing her wearing. Listen, it, it's like somebody who's good at the economy. Please help me. I've spent too much money on uh, sand art and dolphin t-shirts, and now my family is dying. Please, uh, please, I've I sunk all of my money into <laughs> sand dollars. See, this just makes I me. I thought honestly, they were a sound investment. <laughs> honestly, like she's like a Stephen. She's like the worst crystal gem. Like her power is just like kind of telling fortunes, but also weeping crystals, um, and. Honestly, I feel like if your body produces precious gems, why the fuck are you living in, like, a townhouse? Your body is an opulence farm. it's clearly because she's spending it on sand dollars. (laughs) You know, it's it's like Rockstar Excess, where it's like, oh, man, I had it all, but then I just spent it all on Bentleys and Coke, and it's for her, it's just like, I needed all the fucking dolphin t-shirts, I don't know. Um, I bet she uses that, like... There's this candle that's called, like, ocean, like, mist or whatever, and I bet Mm -hmm. her house just smells like those beachy sandalwood candles. 
Yeah, which don't get me wrong, I like beachy sandalwood candles. I'm not I'm not too proud to to have a because sandalwood generally, I think that I'm kind of a rube because I every time that I smell sandalwood, my brain goes oh fancy, like it doesn't matter what it is or what the context is. I just sandalwood permanently impresses me. Candlewood. Candlewood. There we go. That's yeah yeah. Um, now so for the uh, Katie is a psychic portion. I love that they have... Now, they've got a bunch of talking heads, one of whom is, like, a former police detective. Uh, and you've got a guy just billed as psychiatrist who comes on, and he's got a mustache, and he's just like, yeah, she's a fucking psychic. I don't know what to tell you. And I think that Unsolved Mysteries thinks that every profession is the same profession <laughs> because they've got a psychiatrist, a police guy. Like, they've got a bunch of different people going, yeah, she weeps crystals and tells the future. I don't know. Um, and... The important thing here is that it's just a fucking delight. I also love that in the medium of television where they can choose any background, they choose this guy's sloppy shelves with his, like, <laughs> empty Utz pretzel can. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it Utz? I thought it was Utz. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't do know we... the answer to that. I, my, I met a person today was... that said vegan instead of vegan. <laughs> Vegan! Wow! Wow, wow, wow. I've never heard that one. That's Vega. Yeah, I thought that was just followers of that one character from Street Fighter. Yeah, t- yeah, Vega, yeah. T- tell me of these so-called vegans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it's just his shitty fucking shelf with, like, notebooks and, like, yeah, his, his pretzel jar. Which, side note to the side note here, uh, I... Do you know what I miss more than anything is those big fuck-off tubs of cheese balls? Oh, man, you can get those at Walmart anytime you need. Hell yeah. There's Costco's where you live. Just go to the Costco and get one. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Honestly, I need to get a Costco membership. Like, this is, we, listen, we we need, I I, kind of want to start, like, stockpiling chili anyway because I'm turning into a scary grandpa. (laughs) That you Um, can put on the stove when you wake up in the morning (laughs) and offer to a ghost in the afternoon. It's my get-rich-quick scheme to become a fucking billionaire is to just leave chili on the stove. Yeah, it's it's the perfect plan. Now, unsolved mysteries. Um, If you only ate one can of chili a day, you'd be rich by now. You'll be rich, my boy. Just eat one shitty half a can of Hormel chili, and the streets will be paved with... You'll be able to cry diamonds if you just eat enough shitty, tepid chili that you left on the stove. Um... So, um, now, the thing that I love about uh, Unsolved Mysteries and uh, also Beyond Belief is that every uh, every talking head that they have on the show, I am completely convinced that they've also shown up on Satanic Panic documentaries, of which we have seen many, where it's, like, some dude who's like, yeah, I was... Yeah, I was a duke of hell, uh, and I got I got laid fucking constantly, and he's got like a shitty mullet and a mustache, and it's just him, you know, just sort of being like, yeah, that's the thing that I did, and it's sort of I feel like they're always looking off camera at the paycheck they're getting from this thing, like, <laughs> like the producer is just dangling a giant like publisher's clearinghouse like novelty sized check for like fifty bucks for being a talking head on this documentary, and they're just constantly looking off camera at it. Um, these shows are the greatest, and there's a podcast I've been meaning to... So I don't really listen to uh, that many podcasts now. I think it's, like, two true crime podcasts and We Hate Movies. Um, but there is a podcast called Beyond Beyond Belief that oh, yeah, I think we should really do a crossover good. episode with. Yeah, yeah, we should we should reach out and be like, hey, do you guys want to do a thing? Um, 
because yeah, yeah these, be really these shows are these shows are fucking incredible. All right, so where what else on is the list, wild about these shows is that the end of it, Robert Stack is like, and next week a girl gets lost at a back, uh, New Kids on the Block concert and guest performance by New Kids <laughs> on the Block. <laughs> See that was that's honestly fucking perfect cross promotion. Like yeah. not l- hey, listen, Jessica, we're gonna get you hey a girl. We hope you're home safe. We hope you're hanging tough. <laughs> and it's just yeah, d- fucking Donnie Wahlberg. Honestly, um, the high score for me. Now, did you ever watch Hard Copy? No. Um, Hard Copy is an incredible show because you've got this sort of uh, uh, JJ Bittenbinder looking guy who is just sort of. You know, he's like a he's like a hardened Chicago police officer, retired, who like leads this show and talks about crime. And there's an episode from back in the day where um, the video for Down in It by Nine Inch Nails, um, they used now because this was uh, he didn't have that downward spiral money yet, and so this was off of Pretty Hate Machine, right? Like he's you know just a, a, a wee baby Resner, and so they couldn't afford a crane for a crane shot for the video, so they attached a camera to a weather balloon. And uh, just like let it go so that it would give them give them a cool aerial shot in the video of the body of Trent Reznor, uh, who had been killed ritualistically by a weird rapping street gang. It's not important. Uh, the The weather balloon uh, it, it caught a it caught a breeze and flew off and landed in a, a cornfield uh, in rural Illinois. And a farmer found it and was like, "What the fuck? This is a snuff film!" And like gave it to the cops and they couldn't figure out who this gang was or who the victim was. And it was Trent Reznor. And the way that the guy intros Trent Reznor, he's like, you, you know, Trent Reznor, a man with a penchant for wearing jewelry in his nose. <laughs> and it cuts to, like, Trent Reznor, and it's him going, like, you know, he's, he's in the band Nine Inch Nails. And they, they play a short clip and goes, now I know what you're thinking. It sounds more like Nine Inch Noise. And it's just, it's fucking great. I love these shows. So let's put this Halloween episode on our list. Now. Absolutely. We also have another Robert Stack TV show on this list. We have oh, the oh, what's it even called? It's very low. See, I was I was thinking of it's we unexplained got, witches, um, werewolves, and vampires. Number three. Oh, that's with Peter. That's with Peter Graves, who is also for me interchangeable with Robert Stack. What? That's not Wait, the same it? person. No, no, Peter Graves is a different guy. And then the, the, the dude on um, uh, Beyond Belief who uh, did it before Jonathan Frakes did it. Those are apparently all different guys somehow. And then um, Dennis Farina did Unexplained, Unsolved Mysteries after uh, Robert Stack. Yeah, yeah. So it's just honestly, it's it's good work if you can get it to be like... Because I feel like if you're working that gig... You are relying on looking reasonable. Like you can't look like a total fucking maniac going. But you Did also this have to girl's... look good in a coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you wear a coat? Do you not have crazy eyes? And will you look insane saying stuff like, "How could a plane fly itself?" Like it's you need to. Yeah, you need to look like an everyman. Sort of just at, you know, you're just asking questions about werewolves, witches, and vampires. Um, so the unexplained witches, werewolves, and vampires. Uh, is at 386 and it's Peter Graves hanging out in the cemetery going I don't know do you believe in werewolves and it's just outstanding um, which is better which do we think uh, is better Robert Stat going I don't know do you believe in uh, beach ghosts or Peter Graves saying I don't know <laughs> do you believe in werewolves <laughs> um 
for this one, I feel like I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Robert Sack asking me if I believe in beach ghosts because um, now we should probably do a power ranking at some point of these kinds of hosts who aren't exactly horror hosts, but they're not not horror hosts. Um, I feel like Robert Stack commits to the bit a little bit more than Peter Graves in, which is werewolves and vampires. Um, now here's, here's my question for you. Uh, another Halloween episode of a thing, uh, which is better a pinky in the brain Halloween at number 379 or, uh, unexplained mysteries, uh, the episode with the beach ghost. Um, I think Unsolved Mysteries is better because here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, it is synthwave as fuck. Like it's honestly, I've I've had that little like bell line that like stuck in my head since I watched that fucking episode, and it will never stop haunting my dreams. Um, all right, so I'm scrolling up a little bit. Uh. All right, so one of the one of the gatekeepers on this podcast, one of the the heavies, the boss battles, at number three hundred sixty two, Spooky Buddies, which is better, uh, Spooky Buddies, the movie where they sacrifice actual puppy souls to dog Satan, or uh, Unexplained Mysteries season uh, three episode seven? It's got to be Spooky Buddies um, because yeah. honestly, that puts. Uh, this episode above Faces of Death, and I don't think we can rank a carny-ass show like Unsolved Mysteries above the OG carny-ass, I don't know, it might be real show. Put your your hand in this jar, and are those eye... I don't know if they're eyeballs. Um, But honestly, though, Faces of Death, I feel like, don't they cut that with, like, actual footage of some people dying, but a lot of it is totally fake? Yes, there is real violence. It's mostly animal violence, but yeah, it is real. Mm -hmm. So I I guess in that way, there's harmless fun in um, Unsolved Mysteries. It's not videos of people actually dying. You know, I I, recognize that I've lost touch with humanity. (laughs) Yeah, same, same. I'm listening at I, the end of Interview of the Vampire when he's, like, living in the <laughs> attic eating rats, going like, remember, <laughs> remember the good old days. And, and, yeah, helicopters are just appearing, and you're like, what the fuck is that? And just, like, batting at it like a cat. Um, th- I, I had this sort of hammered home for me this week because um, I showed Sarah uh, two movies, one of which was Candyman, and the other one of which was Cabin in the Woods. And I sold Candyman as like, oh, I don't know, it's a fucking great movie, but it's it's probably going to spook you pretty bad, so I just want you to go unprepared. And they they loved Candyman. And then I was like, all right, you want to you watch Cabin in the Woods? You know, like, it's not really scary. It's more meta than anything. It's like a comedy. Like, there's, there's horror, but it's more of a riff on horror. And that movie fucked their shit up pretty good because um, I'd forgotten that there are legitimately fucking upsetting scenes of grisly murder in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, and there's also, like, a ballerina whose face is made out of teeth. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, find find you a girl who can do both. Um, And and so, yeah, they, this was hammered home for me that, like, you know what, I try to, I I think both of us try to maintain our souls a little bit doing this podcast, that, like, certain things we kind of can't watch, and, you know, we have to draw the line somewhere, Um, but for sure... Faces of Death, like, I, I think we could probably watch Faces of Death while eating lunch and not really think about it too much, which is not ideal, probably. Yeah, yeah. You cannot eat your, your can of chili that you've been warming up while watching Faces of Death. 
So what is better, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, or Unsolved Mysteries? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, we're going with a pretty straightforward uh, did this thing actually happen TV show versus probably one of the worst but most interesting horror movies ever made. It's really tough because one of them has Renee Zellweger in it. Well, but Renee I was Zellweger not and angry. also Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, so here's the thing. I was not angry at the end of Unsolved Mysteries. And anything, I was just like, meh, that was an hour. Mm-hmm. Big big deal. Yeah, I am, I am certainly closer to death now than I was when I started watching this, so that's good. Yeah. Maybe that puts it really near um, Hammer House of Horror Season 1, Episode 7, because that's another, like, big old lump of nothing. Oh yeah, Hammer. It's it's a it's a big old mouthful of spackle. Is Hammer House of Horror like it's just, yeah, it's it's nothing but it it's sort of uh, all right. I guess I'm closer to death now. I will say, here's what it is. I think, I so I think season three, episode seven of uh, Unsolved Mysteries. If gun to my head, I would put it solidly in between. Uh, above the next gen- uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, and below Goosebumps Two at three hundred six uh, three hundred sixty seven. Now, why is it not as good as Goosebumps Two? Because uh, I feel like Goosebumps Two leans into its own garbage nostalgia and features like sort of a, a Jack Black cameo, and it's sort of I don't know, it's. It's it's perfectly good for what it is, which is a completely inessential horror sequel to uh, an above average uh, original installment. And however, I, I do think it's better than the sort of um, yeah the the unsolved mysteries hook of the Beach Ghost. Okay, so then our new number three sixty eight is Unsolved Mysteries, season three, episode seven. Hell yeah! Um, and now, all right. So the other Halloween episode of a thing that we're doing this week. Uh, which I, I love that this is a Halloween episode of, of the thing. It's what we, what we did uh, for the second one was season one, episode seven of the X-Files, um, Ghost in the Machine. Have and you seen the movie Ghost in the Machine? No, I haven't. We're talking about the I've, the Japanese one or we're talking about the um, the American one with Scarlett Johansson? Oh no! I think there was uh, or am there's I an American ghost in the shell. I think you're thinking of ghost in the shell. But then my brain tried autocorrecting to the forest with Natalie Dormer, and that's also another movie. Um, no, yeah, Ghost in the Machine. I think it was an American movie. Uh, I, I actually know nothing about it, but I know that the title Ghost in the Machine gave me nightmares as a child because I was thinking of like a mean Xerox machine that just like you know because at the time like my dad worked at a print shop and I would go and visit him for the summer and just like hang out near Xerox machines, and I just kept thinking of, like, oh, man, I'm a tiny child. What if a Xerox machine yelled at me? And so I, I know nothing about the movie Ghost in the Machine, but I feel like we should watch it at some point just so I can know anything about that movie. Yeah, so you can, like, work through this child trauma of yours. I'm always yeah. down for that. Oh, so definitely. what I love about this episode of The X-Files is the only thing that makes it a Halloween episode is it aired on, like, the 30th of October, and in one scene, yep. an FBI agent pulls out a piece of candy from an orange pumpkin pail. 
That's right. I forgot that he had like a little a little uh, trick or treat pumpkin bag that he just sort of goes, "It's Halloween, you know," and then they just sort of immediately forget about it. Yeah, and it's not even. It's just like Marge from Records brought in some Halloween candy. <laughs> you know, got to get this out of the house. You know, it, you know, got to worry worry about my waistline. Then you know oh, no, it's my... that like yes, even in the FBI, they eat candy. My kids don't like the refreshing taste of Biddo honey, and so she, yeah, <laughs> she hands it out, and everybody immediately just fucking forgets that it's Halloween. Um, now, the plot of uh, Ghost in the Machine from X-Files, season one, episode seven, is that you've got basically, like, a Steve Jobs XP, like, or actually, no, not even a Steve Jobs XP, a Steve Wozniak XP, because yeah. he's, yeah, because he's got a sort of a similar last name, like Vilcek or something, Um. And he is sort of just a now. And Steve Jobs was, you know, sort of he. I feel like he tried cultivating a vibe that says "I fuck," and Steve Wozniak just sort of looked like a bag of laundry with hair attached to it. And the guy in this, who like has developed uh, an artificial intelligence that is uh, fully sentient and uh, autonomous, and and it just sort of uh, it can speak with a voice, and it has a personality, and can commit murder. Did you think that when the sink wouldn't turn off and then the door <laughs> locked that he was going to be murdered by the room filling up with water? Yeah, I was convinced this. Now, yeah, the guy. So uh, the executive of this company who is played by a character actor who uh, also played uh, Monica Kina's father in Freddy vs. Jason, who gets a Freddy face transformation and a horrible Freddy tongue thing. So that's one for the scrapbook, I guess. Um, he's sort of like, yeah, we're selling your work to the government. And uh, st- not Steve Wozniak goes like, no, you can't do this to me. And the guy's like, haha, I'm a piece of shit. And then uh, the guy leaves and he goes into his uh, uh, office bathroom that's like attached to his large office. Um, and there, which by the way, I'm never getting over this. There is a landline phone on top of the marble countertop right next to the fucking basin sink of this executive bathroom. Because like, it's an executive bathroom. You have to take a important call when you're taking a <laughs> dude. Absolutely. Like, it's I, it's completely inscrutable to me. Uh, and so the he answers the phone to be like, hey, what the hell's going on around here? And the machine just uh, kills him because of electricity. Um, now, I would say that this, uh, this episode's parameters for what the evil uh, AI is able to do pretty nebulous like it can just kind of do whatever it wants yeah it's very weird it's like okay we get it it's using the closed circuit television and then it's right. like did it turn on the sink and did it turn it off what's what's its powers yeah it's 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 sort of able to yeah it, it, it does a lot and so there's a line in here that i uh, so obviously the exec dies from electrocution um, about which somebody says, it takes a lot of juice to melt a steel key, which is just a great fucking line of dialogue. But there's another weird line of dialogue from Fox Mulder where he's talking about uh, a guy who was working in Atlanta um, doing, or not doing hate crimes, but investigating hate crimes. And he says, and I quote, he misplaced a piece of evidence, bagged and everything, sent it to the cleaners. By the time he got it back, a federal judge lost both his hands and a right eye. What the fuck does that mean? I don't... He misplaced a piece of evidence, and I'm like, all right, I'm with you so far, Fox Mulder. Bagged and everything. And I'm like, well, yes, that is heavily implied by a piece of evidence. And then sent it to the cleaners. 
is that a euphemism for something? And then a federal, by the time he got it back. Now, here's my question. Is this an example of failing upwards? He is so bad that he's made himself indispensable. <laughs> and even though he's essentially crippled a federal judge for life, they can't get rid of him because he knows too much. So they give him a promotion right. to take him out of vi- the cr- violent crimes unit. <laughs> Well, the the insane thing about that to me is, like, I don't know if a federal judge lost both his hands and a right eye is meant to be, like, justices blind and the scales of, I don't, it's the weirdest fucking dialogue I've ever seen in my life. I love it because it looks like something a child would write after having watched a bunch of crime procedurals, and they just have, like, yeah, a handful like, of information. Yeah, is it a like, metaphor, or is it is it literal? Yeah, or was the federal judge a victim of mayhem? Uh, and so anyway, so uh, the Steve Wozniak XP, um, he actually references like, you know, whoever's doing this, it, it isn't your average phone freak. Um, I miss when that was a cultural thing, like phone freaks with, with a PH on it, where obviously Listen, this was the precursor Scully, to hackers. When Scully picked up the phone and it was the the modem tone, it really brought me back. <laughs> Yeah, it honestly, yeah, it's 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 a lot. And then the guy also met references techno anarchists, which for me place it now. Uh, this was in 1994. This episode or 1993, I think. Excuse me. And uh, this is very much like uh, uh, I Robot You Jane from uh, season one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1997. Yes, where it's it like is. I'm a I'm a techno pagan, and it's like yeah, techno anarchists. Like I think we need to start doing that. Quincy, Just what add if we techno. are Yeah, what if what if we are techno hosts of a podcast? We're techno like what podcasters. if we just start... what Yeah, if yeah, we we're add... techno podcasters. Okay, okay. What if we add podno? So we're a podno caster. Oh. A po- yeah, oh podno casters. Yeah. It, like this isn't your dad's podcast, hack the planet, and it's just us. <laughs> oh man, we've got a lot of techno ratings on our techno cast, and it's just Yeah, we need to start use- using that Please as an app. Check out our techno blog. Um now the evil computer uh murders a guy who is trying to kill the computer by like trying to shut down the, the mainframe. He's trying to bypass the the primary firewall. Um, and he's in a, he's in an elevator in this building that uh, the elevator malfunctions and then drops him to his death in the elevator and actually says, going down, like right before just fucking dropping this guy to his death, which is the most extra shit from an AI to actually just say going down before doing that. Especially because no one is in the room with the server. It's speaking oh, to man. itself. So this this machine, this AI was literally pulling a fucking Freddy Krueger one-liner to itself. Yeah, it's doing one-liners for itself. Yeah, which is the surest sign of artificial intelligence, I feel, is fucking laughing at your own jokes. I think I remember going over that in Philosophy 101 in college, that we'd really know it was, it, the thinking part is the one-liner part. <laughs> yeah, I, I crack shitty one-liners, therefore I am. And that's, yeah, Descartes, that was his whole thing. So, uh, Scully, uh, so Mulder is fully on board with, uh, Hal from Space Odyssey is committing murder. And Scully, as you might imagine, is not so convinced that that's the case. You know, she's like, ah, obviously it's this hacker, it's this programmer guy doing all of the murder. And, um, now obviously she realizes, uh, by the end of the episode. Now, this is my favorite thing about the X-Files because, 
this was, I think, one of my first fandoms was the X-Files. Like, when I was a kid, I was fucking obsessed. And I love that, like, fully five seasons into this show, they're maintaining the format of Mulder going, come on, this is a classic case of reanimated Elvises. And it's Scully going, come on, you know zombies can't exist. And it's like, Scully, what the fuck? Like, you have fully met a Dracula by this point. You have moved into Dracula's house. <laughs> you have, like, been abducted by five different aliens. You have seen a guy that can turn into fucking tapioca and creep into hell. Like, why should... Anyway, so I love that the show has to maintain this kind of, Bah, Mulder, I'm a skeptic. I don't believe in ghouls and ghosts. And so... But, even you know, for episode seven of season one... I feel like I can I can deal with her going. Come on, fucking Hal Hal Nine Thousand did not commit murder. Yeah, I think I also really like this dynamic because this is actually my first watch through of the show, and oh, um, shit. I'm actually doing a Monster of the Week watch through. So I'm not watching every episode because it's frankly too many. But I'm specifically oh, going and watching the very Monster of the Week episodes. And um, Man, I also great. love how Mulder is just so willing to, like, jump into everything. He's like, Grace, take the wheel, because I don't think I can. He's like, sure, <laughs> it's it's whatever it is. And they're like, yeah. no, it's not Sasquatch. It's just a naked lady. It's, yeah. But it's a Sasquatch naked lady, right? No, it's well, literally, we shot her. It's a naked lady who lives in the woods. Well, well it's Sasquatch, right? Please, please, let's just go home. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, the Jer the Jersey Devil, Mulder is so committed to the bit, he's almost about to fuck the Jersey Devil uh, in, in one episode of season one. Yeah, where... he is, because she's a yeah. naked lady. He's like, I'll fuck her. And then they're yeah. like, no, dude, don't. Also, I love that that episode ends with the baby Jersey Devil. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a sexy Harry and the Hendersons reboot where it's just yeah, it's it's so much and and Mulder, I like so much that Mulder is just a horny disaster of a human being. Like he, throughout this series, Quincy, I'm so excited for you to see what a fucking himbo Fox Mulder is throughout this series. It's it's just outstanding. So where do you want to put this episode on our list? So uh, looking at the list right now, um, I think this episode is pretty good also because, uh, and I, I have to point this out, um, there's uh, this this has one of my favorite Scully uh, making the Scully face at Mulder, um, I, I think in maybe, definitely in season one, where they're trying to get into this building and uh, Mulder manages to hack, you know, the gate and then goes, open sesame and looks over at Scully who makes a face that should be... She she makes eyes at him that should be sticking six inches out of his back. Jesus Christ, Mulder. And you really have to feel for Scully. Like, she was a fucking respected doctor in her field. She is a fucking scientist. She's great at what she does. And the fucking FBI just completely bones her by going like, you know what? You know what you get to do? Go hang out in the basement with fucking spooky Mulder. That's what your career is now. Like, she, she deserves better than this shit. At number 222 is mm -hmm. the spooky episode of Steven Universe called Keep Beach City Weird, which is actually Ooh. in spirit with The X-Files. I think very much in spirit with The X-Files. Like, you can, you can tell that the people making Steven Universe, and also Gravity Falls, I would say, definitely grew up watching X-Files. Um... 
I think between those two, I want to give the edge to uh, Ghost in the Machine from season one of X-Files purely because um, the ending of it features the Steve Wozniak XB. Uh, he makes a, he makes a, di- a, a, a floppy disk with a virus on it that will murder um, Hell 9000. And the thing dies going, David, why? Oh, God, David, no. <laughs> it's just it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Is uh, a computer uh, wailing, heck you, until it kills me. And then it turns on. It's like, oh, it's going to kill him. Well, and and it's great because I I love that X-Files, especially in season one, like throughout its run, but I feel like in season one, there were so many, um, you know, ah, the creature is dead. Or is it before cutting to do-do-do-do-do-do-do? And they absolutely had to do that here where, like, one of the cameras turns on. And it's, yeah, it's 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 a lot. So I think that I would give the edge to um, this episode of X-Files. However, looking up the list, have you seen Ravenous? I have not seen Ravenous. Okay. Have you seen but Ghosts of I Mars? I also feel like... Um... Ghost of Mars is better. I'm sorry. That stupid-ass yeah. movie is better than any X-Files <laughs> show you could ever show me. Oh, man. I Part of me wants to argue with you, but I'm also like, man, it's Ice Cube yelling at peep at yelling at Ghost in Space. I've got no... I've got, Ghost of Mars is like if, the, if uh, an Arby's employee... <laughs> you know that Arby's account where they're like... <laughs> take the boxes and they make like nerdy stuff. That's like, yeah. they gave that guy a budget and said, make a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. So right. it's by John Carpenter. <laughs> also, it happens to be John Carpenter. And it was meant to be a snake Pliskin movie, but they couldn't do it. So he was like, whatever, get fucking ice cube. I don't know. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I agree. Ghost of Mars. I think I'm, I'm putting that above X-Files. So, Night of the Comet, I really, really like that movie. I kind of can't in good conscience uh, put this episode of X-Files above Night of the Comet. Yeah, but what about House of Wax? Oh, the 2005 remake featuring Paris Hilton, a perfect movie. Um, I really like that movie. I that that movie is fucking absurd, and I kind of love it. So yeah, so I feel pretty good about putting it like right above House of Wax 2005, and right below Night of the Comet at number 221. Now, do you realize that makes it better than House of a Thousand Corpses? <laughs> a yes b uh, this weekend i'm going to be going to halloween horror nights at universal uh and they have a house of a thousand corpses maze that i am really excited to go see because it is basically a boogity boogity haunted house uh of a movie so it seems like a pretty logical uh thing for a haunted house i'm i'm incredibly excited for you um there's also a killer clowns from outer space area and I hope that yeah. you thoroughly enjoy that. Well, they've got the Killer Clowns from Outer Space area and also a maze based on Jordan Peele's Us. So this feels like tonally very different from Killer Clowns from Outer Space and A Thousand Corpses. Yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. so exciting. It's, it's yeah, it's incredible. So yeah, so I feel pretty good about So coming at, at number uh, 220, 222 uh, is X-Files Season 1, Episode 7, Ghost in the Machine. Here's my question. Are we going to... Mm-hmm. When we add other episodes of the series, are we going to, like, merge them, or are we going to actually try to rank every individual episode? 
Oh, you know, I um, I'm a, I'm enough of a uh, an X Files head, I guess. I don't know what you call an an, an X file, P H I L E, um, <clears throat> to think that you know they are all their own individual movie, man, and we should just uh, take them all on their own merits and uh, do them by themselves. I think it's fair because there are some episodes that aren't really qualified to be on this list, but there's others right. that definitely do belong. Well, because the thing is, the thing that I love about X-Files as a format is that most of it is like sort of episode of the, it, it's Monster of the Week. And then uh, on the end and beginning of the season, it's like, oh no, what if government? And then it just goes immediately back to like the Fox Mulder screaming, Samantha, in a field looking for a sister. And also uh, ghouls are there too. So where can our listeners find us on the internet, Ryan? Well, uh, our listeners can find us on Twitter permanently and abidingly shitposting at Rank and Vile Cast. We are on Instagram at Just Rank and Vile and on Tumblr at Just Rank and Vile. I know we weren't able to get to any listener requests on this episode, but if there is a movie, let's say that you're sitting at home wondering when we are going to do Fright Night Part 2, um, and, you know, you're just, it keeps you up at night, you know, like you can't sleep. You just, you, 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 you like rotate like a rotisserie chicken in bed screaming about Fright Night Part 2. Uh, you're going to want to send that request to uh, rankandvilecast at gmail.com or drop it in the ask box on Tumblr. Uh, guys, we are on uh, Stitcher. We are on Last.fm. We uh, are apparently on Spotify, which is odd to me. Like, I, I saw one of our episodes popping up on Spotify, and I don't know what's going on with that, but apparently at least one episode is up on Spotify. Uh, we are on Letterboxd uh, at uh, Rank and Vile. We are on all manner of places. Uh, what am I missing? Listen, uh, we're on Patreon, and your Patreon dollars help us uh, keep the show running. And that's patreon.com slash rankandvile. You can kick in as little as $2 a month, and it helps us um, keep paying hosting costs and also to to afford to eat more than just a can of chili a week. <laughs> Listen, we can afford deluxe chili with beans if, you know, thanks to uh, our patrons. Um, you, uh, obviously, like, you know, $2 gets you our, uh, bizarre show notes, uh, which I gotta tell you are just a fucking delight, and then $5 gets you, uh, access to bonus footage, including us eating weird things, uh, doing bonus episodes, uh, and at the, uh, is it $20 tier? $25 is our subscription box, and we will send you, uh, maybe cans of chili if this joke takes off probably not it's it's late and that joke is a lot listen it should be but definitely zombie skittles and other garbage food will be in the next box uh you have until november 1st to get that box um if you don't you'll have to wait until 2020 to get a box Um, but yeah that's that's available at the 25 dollar level too yeah, it is, it is your right as an American to receive uh, horror trading cards and uh, cans of chili in the mail. And that's the experience <laughs> that we strive to provide. Uh, but barring that, that is about all I got. You got anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks. <laughs>